Hello, legends. Welcome to today's show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club United Business, Australia's number one members club connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. And today, I catch up with Julia Strangio McRae, the co-founder of Mirrored Horizons, a thought-leading consultancy firm that helps companies create alignment between themselves and their teams, resulting in amazing culture and huge results. Julia and I had a brilliant conversation that had me learning a lot. We spoke about how to effectively create and evolve your company culture, how to be the best leader, and how to empower your employees, making sure they feel comfortable to be authentically themselves and therefore feel a greater sense of belonging within your team. She's an incredibly knowledgeable person on this topic. I learned a lot, enjoy the show. Hello, Julia. How are you? Good. Yourself, Daniel? Oh, I'm very good. I'm very good. Um, it's good to be back in Melbourne in this new, oh, not our new, but in the Melbourne podcast room. It is far superior to the sound in the Sydney room. So to all those listeners who are thinking, God, Daniel's voice sounds amazing. That is why I'm in Melbourne. And uh, today we're going to be having a really interesting conversation. In fact, uh, Julia and myself just um, uh, had a little bit of a debrief uh, on what you are an expert at, Julia, which is, would you call that cultural alignment or a, what would you call it? Cultural evolution and alignment. And what does that actually mean? So what it means, basically, we look at aligning people to the business and getting alignment of purpose and everything that you do in a business in order to create the desired culture you want. And basically, if your team's aligned with the business, then the business is going to do better. Yeah, you're going to get more out of those people if they're heading in the right direction and they're heading to where they want to go, then they're achieving and so therefore they're empowered to do more and therefore the business reaps those rewards. And and they're happier, I guess you would say. If someone's aligned, they're probably pretty they're probably happier than not being aligned. Hundred percent. If you've got everything in alignment in your life and they're aligned to your values and you're not acting in contradiction, then yeah, you're going to do better. Awesome. And so how did you actually get into that? You have a business partner also, don't you? I do have a business partner. She's currently on that leave. Hi, Em. Um, She's got a 10-week-old first child, so she's enjoying motherhood at the moment. Very exciting. Yeah. And and so how did you guys actually end up coming together? How did you meet Em? How did you um, come together and start this company? So Em and I actually worked together. I hired him for the previous place that I worked. And so we worked together on and off for three years whilst I went on mat leave and came back. Um, and we worked in a very difficult environment and we worked on culture. And we realised whilst we had really similar views and we were quite aligned in a number of things, we also had quite strong differences and complementary skill set. And we kind of went, oh, this could work. And when so, you say you worked in a diff- difficult environment, we won't mention the business because mm-hmm. uh, if they had a shit culture, it'd be back to mention. <laughs> but but what, what was the industry? So we worked in property. Okay. Yeah, yeah there's, some, there's definitely some culture issues there sometimes. <laughs> but can you describe, I guess, what you believe was creating a toxic culture or well, I'm just inventing that word, <laughs> the negative culture of which you were experiencing? Yeah, I think um, the culture is it was wanted to be high achieving, but everything was a priority. Everything had to be done yesterday. And so what you're actually creating is a burnout culture and you push your people to work at a higher level and that level can't be sustained. 
it also then actually erodes your creativity because when people are operating at high intensity, you actually start to go back to baseline behaviours. We all try to be our best selves, but under pressure, we go back to our baseline behaviour. So you can't maintain that intensity forever. So what this business was doing, they were highly successful doing great things and we'd push people and they'd achieve great results, but we'd go, great, we can push them that hard always rather than that's just a one-time push. Yep. And yeah, it, we, we'd sort of take that five steps forwards, two steps back, and you're constantly on that journey. Some days it was really good, other days terrible, and you're just on a roller coaster and you didn't know whether you're going to get great culture today or terrible culture. And were you in a HR capacity at that business or were you in a more property actual? Property no, definitely capacity. HR capacity. So I have worked across industries my entire career. Um, but always in a HR capacity. Okay, so you really you, you've always been in HR, and you you you're an expert in uh, what you call um, uh, cultural uh, cultural evolution and, and cultural alignment. Yeah, cultural evolution or creating culture mm-hmm. and enhancing it, and I guess aligning it. And so you um, uh, witnessed this company, mm-hmm. uh, you and your business partner, mm-hmm. and who were both working there. Yeah, and you thought, you know what? I'm sure you had experienced some negative cultures in previous companies as well, perhaps. I've had really bad cultures and I've had exceptional cultures. I've also had a really exceptional property culture experience. And that was probably the moment where you go, they can do this. Mm -hmm. And the right leadership can actually shift an entire culture. Oh, well, why don't you tell us about that experience as well? So we balance out the whole property (laughs) being So I actually worked with a lot of friends and members in properties. (laughs) I, um, I, sp- I worked with Shannon Whitney from Bresick Whitney Estate yep. Agents. He's an excellent Sydney. operator. He's an exceptional operator. And when I came in, it was the first time they ever had people in culture in their business. And so it was taking, I guess, traditional mindsets of real estate and transitioning it into what it is today. And I think the thing is, I don't go in there and look at, all right, what can I do? You've got to sit, you've got to seek to understand the business. You've got to sit back and we just take that time to observe, understand, talk to people and see how it all comes together. And then when by asking these questions and understanding what it is they really believe in and what they want to be, you start to really identify purpose. We've sort of scrapped vision, mission, values. It doesn't work. We simplify it straight back to what's the purpose who we are and how do we want to get there. So for us, that's embrace who you are, live for purpose and be courageously authentic. And courageously authentic is doing what you say you're going to do and just being about that every single day. And that's what Shannon was. He identified what he was, decided what he didn't want to be, and he was relentless in pushing us towards that direction, but also had the ability to steer the ship knowing that it takes time to move and having the patience to take things where it needs to go and things take time. What a lot of people fail with culture is they think it's a tick and flick. It's a get it done right this moment and it just doesn't work. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Culture is, in my opinion, the com- is the effect of a combination of small things, or small habits or small expectations that happen regularly mm-hmm. that enforce something that becomes over time and you know people are promoted based on it people are celebrated based on the way you want them to be and uh, you can't just think oh yeah culture person's coming in it's going to fix the whole thing I I think you actually have to have um, a plan around culture and and um, like for example uh, cub I don't know Laura can describe our culture it'd be it'd be wrong if I described it because you know it'd be biased but but we do have a plan 
around our culture in that we have a weekly meeting, which is literally called a culture meeting, which enforces what we expect of every single person. Like basically people get celebrated for the things that they did that week um, based on uh, them embodying the values of which we value as a team. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you hear of all these people doing all these great things that other people have noticed throughout the week and everyone claps for them and and then there's a boss, uh, sorry, there's a, we call it the boss award. So who's your boss this week? But then there's a boss <laughs> of the month. Yes. And th- that person, <laughs> that person gets to spin a giant wheel, which has like different rewards on it, like cash, dinner, uh, wah, 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 which like you get nothing. Like, uh. <laughs> it's the best fun. And then they get wah, 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 everyone laughs at them. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. But, um, but um, my point is having a plan around culture is 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 crucial and so that is that what you implemented or that what you implement now but also what you helped implement at uh, Bresick Whitney yeah definitely having a plan and sort of knowing who you are and how you're going to get there but also knowing as the pandemic has taught us to be able to change directions and move with the right direction and I think what Shannon actually empowered me to do whilst I was at Bresick Whitney is have the freedom to meet with people speak with them and I guess similarly to what you were just saying then about your wheel of the month um spin the cub of fortune what is it wheel of cub so I was able to sit with individuals and spend the time to understand them and then use that knowledge to either move them into the right role, align them to the business direction, but also, I guess, reward them. So when you're talking about alignment, it takes your culture one step further, is that if you actually truly know your people and you're able to align your people to that, there's more to a person than, I guess, what their job is. There's a whole person outside of work that comes into that business. And so if you're really doing this and taking it to the next step, I'm going to kill your wheel of fortune. I'm really sorry. Um, you actually know what's the right reward for that person, what's going to really mean something to them and demonstrate that you know them and that you care about them. So an example being um, companies where they send consultants on the road and they're away from their family for a long period of time. The best reward would be doing something for them when they come back where they get time with their family. Do you send them on a short holiday? Do you send them away for an overnight where there's an activity for their family to do as opposed to your traditional, we'll give you money, we'll give you a rewards card. Do something really tailored to demonstrate, I really appreciate what you've done and I know we've done this for you. Yeah, it's kind of like a heightened sense of what well, it would provide the, the the team member a heightened sense of belonging in the fact that, well, my team, my boss or my company knows me well enough to know what I value and to know how, you know, it, it's just, it, even if it was saying small, it's more the fact that they, they know or they yeah. asked and, and uh, I could imagine that creating more, 100%. a great sense of belonging. And the number one thing we all need in life is a sense of belonging and to feel significant. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. And well, that's always been part of my argument to the fact that how important business owners are to society, because if you're a business owner, you have the power to create happy, good people, you know, because if they feel a sense of belonging and they feel a sense of accomplishment and they feel a sense of uh, progression and satisfaction, which at the majority of their life, which is when they're at work, you're creating happy people outside of, mm-hmm. outside of the workplace who are you know, going to contribute and be nice to other people. And the, 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 the power of being a business owner is, I don't want to relate it to being a parent because, <laughs> because it's, it's not, but there are some correlations in that you know, as a parent, you could probably 
screw someone up or, or educate them well on this on the world. As as a business owner, you can help provide people a platform that ins- that makes them feel a sense of belonging, encouragement, accomplishment, personal development, and uh, connection. Yeah, you can change the trajectory of their life purely by being a part of your organisation. If you've got cultural evolution. Yeah, if you've got a positive culture and you're consciously creating that culture, investing in the culture that will naturally evolve whether you do or don't invest in it. And and by investing in it, you mean focusing on the culture, actually knowing it's a real thing and taking action towards it? Yeah, investment, a lot of people just the moment they hear that word invest is like they shy away from, oh my goodness, I've got to throw money at this. But investment is giving it your time, giving it your attention, your focus. Yeah, at times you will have to spend a little bit, whether it's that reward or whatever it is. Or team dinner. Exactly, the activity, but making sure they're the right investments and often the right investments actually are a lot less than the investments people do in a really tokenistic way to try and make it a better place. I think if I throw this big event, everyone loves working here. It's like, they still, you're just trying to roll something in glitter, aren't you? Mm. Yeah, well, I think acknowledging that person as a person, which is kind of the point you were getting to, which is people aren't just work. People are whole. Yes. And therefore the best thing you can do as a leader is understand who that person is mm-hmm. as a whole. Yes. And uh, and uh, ensuring that well, – well, you said it to me actually before the podcast started. What was it? You said to properly align people to an organisation – you need those people to feel empowered to be, um, I can't remember the word you used, but it was authentically themselves. Mm-hmm. If someone is being authentically themselves, then you get to know that person. And yes. by knowing that person, you can connect to that person, become much deeper, have a much deeper connection. Yes. And therefore they feel even more sense of belonging because – they uh, are being themselves at work. Yeah. If a person can be themselves, their energy levels, like they're generally playing to their strengths. They're being themselves naturally and so then you're going to get more out of them. You would not believe the number of organisations we go in and we do our initial observation piece. And our observation piece, we spend about three days just literally sitting there observing a business, understanding them, speaking to the people in the team like your lawyers and just chatting with them. And at the end of it, we come back and go, oh, this person does this and they'd like to head here or they've studied this and the business owners just stare at us blankly and they're like I didn't know that about them it's like well they've worked with you for x number of years or months or whatever it is and it's like we've had you know three days in your organization and we've done that for three or four employees and said this is them and this is where they could go or have you thought about them for this role it's just taking that little bit of time to really go all right this is the journey that this person could go on and this is how I could get more out of them. But I also think that there is something special um, with, with a third party yes. getting involved because when someone's taught, like I'm very good friends with my entire team. Like I would say they're all some of my best friends really. Yes. But still I will hear from different members of the team oh, this person didn't want to bring this up with you or this person didn't want you to know this because they felt you would think this. Or, so there's still, like, despite being a leader, you think you're, you're really accessible. You think that everyone's looking at you the same. They, they perhaps aren't. Mm. And therefore, by having a third party come in and be able to speak to them, maybe they're going to be a little more open towards issues, aspirations. 
It can certainly be a really good way to do it, but I think like going back to a really great cultural scenario, Shannon Whitney would spend time one-on-one with everybody and it was every single person from sales, property management, the receptionist, the administrators, he would come and he would sit with you one-on-one. Okay. And I can tell you that people would raise their concerns directly with him. There wasn't that innuendo. There weren't the side conversations. When you've got a business with the side conversations, then you're not investing correctly in your culture. Okay. Well, we've got a problem. <laughs> now, we actually do one – we have monthly one-on-one yeah. meetings where I'll meet with the entire team. Uh, we try once a month on the yeah. first Monday of every month um, just to touch base, uh, see how they are in their personal lives, see how work's going, yeah. hear their opinion on the other team members and who's doing you know, who's who's doing well and who who maybe we need to look after if something's going on in their personal life that we don't know about. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you can get a little bit from the gossip, uh, you know, the, the gossip vine of, of your company because yeah. uh, some people try to be strong. There's something going on at home. They don't want it to affect their work and that what they think it's not going to. They don't tell anyone or they don't yeah. tell you as the boss because they try to get over it, but they're telling their team members and then, but it is affecting their work. Yeah. And, you know, it's good to know that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. If something's going on for you personally, then you're going to be distracted. It's a distraction. And we're also, we look at distractions and eliminating those or an awareness of them to help put parameters in place to uh, alleviate the impact. And so at Brissick Whitney, mm-hmm. you, what did you do? You came in, yep. you spoke to everyone. What was the process? Okay. Um, or the process that you perhaps may take at other businesses as well. So the process is, um, I guess, observing, as I said, 100% just sitting there, understanding their business, asking questions, getting to know the people who make up the business and getting a vibe for, I guess, that natural culture that whether they've invested or not. Is there a culture that exists here? Is it a positive culture? And what are the strengths that we can leverage off to take it to that next level? And we're always looking to leverage off strengths. And then we present that report and I guess like you, quite direct, we say it how it is. We kind of look at if somebody's investing in us, they've paid us to hear it. And if at the end of hearing it, they don't want to move forward, that's fine. But we need to be true to ourselves, courageously authentic and explain it how we see it. It's a massive report. um, And then we work with the businesses to go, where do they want to focus? And we give them, I guess, a top three as to where we see would be the right direction to head for them. So some businesses just do that initial piece and then others move on to sort of that retained piece where we then work to um, Continue guess, culture. put the culture in place. And often that sort of doing that leadership piece and the personal alignment sessions with the team. So to understand the teams and give the managers that additional information on their teams. And then t- they have that information as to what their teams are who they are and how they can take them on that journey. And, and so you said top three. What did you mean by top three? What? So the top three areas that they would have the biggest impact by addressing okay. out of what we've seen and to get them to where they want to go. And through through that observation piece and asking questions, we've got a fairly good understanding of what it is that they're wanting to achieve. So that's the purpose for us, that finding that purpose, what most people call your vision or mission um, trying to get that true objective of where they want to head and then identifying, well, these are the three that we think are going to help move you towards that because in a coaching process you're moving forward and you're just wanting to always move forward. So by identifying the business's, the business's purpose, yes? Mm-hmm. Yes. So by identifying, by, by truly understanding and knowing the business's purpose, then you understand each of the team members, mm-hmm. so you get to know them as as humans, mm-hmm. not just as employees, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
and you're then able to best align them to that purpose. Start to align them, then provide clarity on their roles, the expectations. And I guess we provide clarity in getting the businesses to communicate what the priorities are for the business. And when we spoke before about that poor culture where you've got everything's a priority and everything had to be done yesterday, well, there's also a saying that goes that if everything's important, then nothing's important. So when you scale it back to, all right, this is our key priority or these are our top three priorities, you can actually see that you're achieving things. Um, The key thing when people are overwhelmed, they've got a massive lot of things on their to-do list and they're not doing any of it. But if you pull off three things you want to achieve, then you can tick them off and that goes back to we're making progress, we're moving towards this. So the, the team just needs to know what's important. What's important and I guess what the expectations are. And if... If there isn't, um, if there isn't the clarity around their role and the key, do you, do you assign a key purpose for each role, a key objective, or? I guess it's that role definition and the objective of the role. Definitely, we look at the objective of the role. And so, um, yourself and M uh, at Bressig Whitney, or the? Uh, no, place? no, we worked together in def- different organisations. So Bressig Whitney was when I was in Sydney, mm-hmm. and then um, I worked with him when I returned to Melbourne. Bressig Whitney is, is such a fantastic organisation. So good on them. Um, but so you met M at uh, an organisation in Melbourne, which mm-hmm. had a negative culture. Not negative. It was just not optimal. Not optimal. It it had a lot of strengths about it. To be really honest, um, there were a lot of positives, but I guess there was also a lot of things that detracted from the positives. Uh, well, yeah, you felt like it could be better. Yeah. And there was, a, I guess the thing is there was inauthenticity in one thing you say you're going to do um, and say you want to be and then your actions actually contradict that. So it's like uh, if a bank or a telco says, yeah. we put our customers first. You're like, no, motherfuckers, you do not. Like, <laughs> you, that is a lie. <laughs> like, no, and I'm on hold yeah. to you for four hours. Yeah. I don't really feel like I'm <laughs> yeah, first. I'm not that important. Yeah. yeah. You don't care because you're charging my credit card on direct debit anyway. You yeah. Know, like, but um, but that's what you're talking about. So a business, you can't, you know, you can't just say, "This is what we stand for. We're amazing." Yeah. You actually have to say what you stand for actually has to be good and it has to be true and authentic. Yeah. Every single behaviour you do has to reinforce what you say you're going to be, and any behaviour will that is contrary to what you say will actually detract from your culture. And from your brand, I guess. hundred like, percent. Yeah. And so you guys were at that business together. You were like, screw this. Let's go start our own business. Um, I guess we kind of went, we could do this. We think we've got something that we could offer and we work really well together. Um, we'd done some things before and other people said, oh, do you realise you've actually already done that when we appointed external consultants? And we're like, yeah, I guess we didn't. Then the seed was planted and... What does it look like and how do we do this? And what has the journey been like so far? It's been an interesting journey. Um, we launched our business to the market on um, the, at the start of August in 2019. So we had a, um, I guess, a fairly short-lived um, Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. I actually found out I was pregnant just before we launched the business, which I was always planning to do, having a third child. And Em was quite okay with that. Um and she also knew she was going to have a family at some point and we built our business to support us having families. 
So we basically, yeah, we went to market. We said, this is what we're going to do. We actually thought we'd focus more on personal alignment first before moving back into the corporate world. Um, And we found it really difficult. People don't really part with their own money to invest in their own professional development. They kind of expect other people to do it. And so it was a really hard journey. So we ran a few workshops for the personal alignment and we had a few corporate attendees and they came along and then they invited us to run them in their teams. And that's where we kind of went, it's time to go corporate. We always wanted to go corporate, so we shifted. And um, we went there in 2020, all of a sudden, <laughs> we were on a halt. But it's interesting because you, you, so you wanted to go direct to customer, in the sense, direct to employee. Correct. But then you, but then you realise, you learn, okay, employees don't like investing their money in themselves and they prefer putting it to, to other pleasures or whatever else they want to do. Yeah. However... The businesses uh, have budget to invest money right. into the employees, so yep. we're, we're we're aiming at the wrong. We, we got the missile aiming in the wrong ship. We got to got to change ships and, and shoot somewhere else. Yeah, and and um and, and so you realised that, and then you tailored. Did you tailor your marketing towards the? the businesses at that point? Yeah. So basically we reassessed everything through 2020 and we started to form relationships with more business connections and hence our journey to Cub. And similarly, I guess to what you were saying earlier is we realised that your ability to influence people, you had a much larger audience when you're going to a corporate business. So instead of hitting one person, for us, we're hitting at the moment, our target market's probably between about 15 and 70 employees or teams within a larger organisation. So we were able to get our message to 15 people at once or 70 people at once as opposed to one or two people who had committed to a workshop. So as you said, when a business then also embraces that and I guess stays true to that and adopts all the practices that we put into place. I also think that, I also think that modern businesses, particularly hyper successful modern businesses, have culture at the forefront, the leaders are providing good culture. And, and, and I mean, it's very small investment in the larger scheme of things. Like it's, it's, there's dumber things like, you know, there's dumb things to spend money on in business, which people do all the time. Mm. And one of the most important things you should spend money on is probably the happiness uh, and the knowledge of the people that make up your business, which at the end of the day, your, your business is just a particularly, a particular group of people working in unison towards one uh, purpose or, or objective, you know, so it, it, it's just people. So yeah. really you should be, should be focusing on those people. A hundred percent. Like it, unless you're working kind of in manufacturing, then yeah, it's just well, even then, someone has to press the on button. Someone presses the on yeah. button or you turn it fully automated. Um, but I think even then the idea to innovate comes from a person. So a hundred percent, if you're not investing in those and the saying goes, is it better to kind of keep the person and not invest in them or invest in them and keep them. Like, so if you don't invest in them, they'll go. Um, But if you do invest in them and they stay, then you're going to get the rewards of that. Yeah. And tell me about that. So what is your opinion on like performance management? Like, you know, on, on management staff and catching, you know, catching up with your your team to see how they're going, to pull them up on things. How do you guys, I guess, uh, advise on that? 
Um, well, we don't, I guess there's two things. There's, there's performance management where there is a performance issue where somebody's not doing what you're expecting. And then there's, I guess, what people call performance reviews. And so we call performance reviews empowerment conversations. And for us, empowerment conversations are actually acknowledging these people are at our business. They add value to our business. And how are we going to support them to continue to grow towards where they want to go so that the business continues to get the rewards and I guess grow with their growth. In terms of the performance management piece where you've identified an issue, I guess what we always try to do as a business is focus on the positives and look for the positive intent. And it can be really difficult at that time in terms of what's the message I'm delivering and what's the positive intent. And if somebody's not performing, what we typically say is there's a misalignment or I guess alignment can be is that they don't understand with clarity what's expected of them or potentially they don't have the skills or they don't align with the values and they're not happy. So when you start to shift that conversation towards what's the positive intent I have from having this conversation on the performance issue for this person, you'll get a better outcome. And sometimes the best outcome is for that person to move on and that's okay. We can't keep everybody, but if we give them dignity and respect in that, it's only going to further enhance your brand and obviously have an ongoing relationship. It's funny. In life, like, there's just all these common, like, basic kind of lessons and just being a good person is just one of them. (laughs) You know, like, if you're going to have, like, if you're going to have a conversation with someone around not doing a good job, um, I mean, basically what you're saying is come to that conversation with positive intent. Yeah. With, hey, we want to we want to find out why you're not and, and, and want to help you do a good job or bring value to this company, whether that be changing roles, yep. uh, whether that be um, having more training or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, or if we're completely unaligned as, you know, you as a person and us as a business, mm-hmm. well, it's a good thing that you find a place that you're better aligned to. Yeah. And if it comes to that and we realise we're completely misaligned, how can I help you find what's right for mm. you and do that, as I said, with dignity and respect rather than, you know, your traditional walked out the door and everyone, I guess it, it also goes to that culture piece is that when you treat people with respect when they're leaving, everybody else in the organisation sees that. Mm. And they go, oh, wow. So if I was to leave, I'd be treated with that same dignity and respect. So that trust builds through an organisation. And as we know, in all relationships, trust and communication is paramount. And so if you do anything to break that down, then it has flow on effects to anyone who observes that. Yeah. You want people to see that you're a good person, essentially, that you you, you care about people. You're doing the right thing. Yeah. A hundred percent. Unless. Unless. (laughs) Unless they do something horrific towards the business. In which case, I think as a business, you should still do more than you're legally supposed to. You Mm -hmm. should still do the right thing. Yes. But you also need to make a statement to everyone else that anyone that screws with the business like that, that's not put on. We don't put up with that shit. Oh, 100%. And that's the other side of it is when people. the dark side. But when people don't address performance concerns or they let things go, then other people get annoyed. Because it's like, well, I'm car- I'm doing the right thing and you're not addressing it, so why should I keep doing the right thing? Yeah, and, and it's always the business's fault because even if, like, let's say that extreme example that I just yes. described, right, that's still the business's fault because yes. if that's gotten to that point, 
that means that you haven't performance managed that person uh, correctly. Yeah. Um, it, over time, that's allowed it to get to 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 that ugly point. Yes. So I mean, I, I I'm always a big believer in that. Yeah, everything's your fault as a business owner. You need to find. You need to. What could I have done differently to prevent that? Yeah. And I guess like that that goes to our sort of uh, the naming of our business. We're called Mirrored Horizons, and so for us, it's that reflection. And you as a business owner reflect on what could I have done differently. How did I contribute to this situation, and what can I learn to move forward? So that I'm being better in the future, you know, kind of focused on it's about the process and not perfection. As a reforming perfectionist, it's trying to learn that I'm always evolving and getting better and that I'm learning on that journey and you're learning as a business owner as are your people. And so, yeah, it is up to you and um, you've got to keep investing in yourself. You do. And, and, and I just think the easy thing that listeners could remember, like what I'm going to remember from this, is, um, is positive intent. Like even if someone's not doing a good job or they're, they're not aligned or whatever it is, you got to come at it with positive intent and that will always create a better result uh, than without. Yeah. Positive intent in business and in life, in every relationship you have, Speaking it'll change your life. Yeah. I really like that. And then the other side of things. So there's, uh, so that's performance management. So someone's not performing. Mm-hmm. Then the, the other um, meeting you described, which I called performance uh Reviews, reviews yeah. yeah. With traditionally performance reviews, you don't call it that. You call it empowerment conversations. Yeah, we do. And why? So empowerment conversations are to ref- reflect the fact that these people add value. You've chosen them particularly to be part of your business and hopefully by being part of your your business, they're enhancing your business just by being there. And so you're trying to give them the power and encouragement to continue to bring value, to continue bring new ideas, but also support them to continue growing. And so the conversation is about how we empower you, recognising the areas that you're doing really, really well in, the areas where you could grow. So we all, um, I guess, you know, we all know that you learn more by making mistakes. And so sometimes it's identifying some mistakes or learning opportunities, as we like to call them, and then what we can do to grow from there, what opportunities the business can actually provide to help you either to make more mistakes and continue to grow in a really supportive environment. And really, uh, a business should always be, I guess, if it's a growth-minded business, Mm -hmm. so if you want to continue growing, a business should always be looking for, well, to grow, we need people to move up. Mm-hmm. into new positions, into new things, into new responsibilities. Uh, otherwise, we're not going to be able to grow. Yes. And therefore, you should be thinking, you, you should be having regular conversations with people, kind of giving them ideas of, of where they could be or hearing their ideas of what they could do. And and if a business gets bigger, really everyone should benefit. You know, yeah. there's some members of the team move up, other members, like new people get a job in the team. Um it should be a constant, like a tree, just constantly growing with, with, with big arms and new twigs come and it yeah. just, it, it, that, that should be what happens in a healthy business. Yeah. And I think this is where the alignment comes back into play and I'm going to keep going back to it, but some people don't want to take on more responsibility. Some people are those people that are happy to come in and do their job. And you've got to identify those people because they add a lot of value to a business. Yeah, we don't like them at Cub. We don't have, <laughs> we don't have many of them. But 
they they are some of your really great employees and it is okay to sort of have those employees and it's actually they're they're some of the ones that actually drive your culture the most because they're the stable people and then it's identifying the people who do want to grow and in what direction they want to grow and what are their strengths and how do we like what are, what energizes them so we always focus on that brings out that really happy, yes, I did it kind of vibe when they're doing it. And you want them to be doing more of that. So you want to move them into a role where they're constantly on that and not in that state of, oh my God, I have to do that every day. So they're, they're, they're jumping out they of like bed what when doing. the alarm goes off at 5, 6am, whatever time they set it for that. It's like, yes, I've got another day at Cub. And you know what? You're also right because when everybody's trying to move up and everyone's trying to go grow, it's really tiring because all it, people are always telling you, oh, you know, what's next? What, what's next for me? I want this. I need this in life. I need, and you're thinking, man, I'm trying to sort myself out. Now I've got to sort you out too and you and you and you. It's like it does get tiring. It actually would be nice once you got to a certain point. Yes. I, I guess it would come with a size of a business too though because as your business gets bigger, you also want stability. Mm-hmm. You want, okay, these people are staying there. That's yes. where they stay and, and that's fine because I don't have to think about it. Hmm. Uh, what's next and what they get and who wants a pay rise and all this type of stuff. So, so yeah, I'm actually should probably bring more lazy people into <laughs> They're not lazy <laughs> I'm people. Joking. They're just I'm joking. Non-ambitious people, whatever you like. Consistent people who like to come in, yeah. do their job and go yeah. home to I like their the life. sound of these people. Yeah. They're pretty good. <laughs> Um, but um, no, but I, I, I get what you're saying in, in seriousness. I get what you're saying. The companies need both. Yeah. You need both. You need the leaders to rise and you need the stability of, I guess you could call it the majority of people. Yeah, you're working ants and I'm not saying it in that way, but the people who are the doers and get it done, not necessarily the ideas creators and, you know, actually going, they're great people and also acknowledging them and showing appreciation to them that they're doing a great job and they've got a really important part to play in the organisation rather than only ever rewarding the ones who are the ones that uh, look at me um, and that's what a lot of people do forget because they don't need a lot of attention. They don't need that. What's up next for me? They get forgotten. Yeah, I, I was just about to say that we would probably forget them a cup because we we are, I'm being honest. We would we reward when people do new things, great things, break records, uh, helped another member of the team um, uh, achieve what they wanted. Like it's all the, it's all big things, flashy things. It's all rock star things. But but. We also, particularly as we're growing and bring on new people, there needs to be something that a way to highlight people who are not doing the change things, they're doing the consistent yeah. things. And consistency is probably one of the most important things you could have in a relationship. Like I trust that that person's going to be consistently loyal and X. Doing what I, if I ask them to do it, it will get done. They're the quiet achievers and yeah. the quiet achievers often don't get the song and dance. And yeah, I like these people. We're going to look for more of these. (laughs) Sick of these greedy (laughs) motherfuckers trying to take us for everything we got. No, but um, you've definitely opened my my vision into the importance of – that's the beautiful thing about business. It's like every business is different. Different businesses are also at different stages. Business different different businesses have needs for different styles of people at different stages of the business life cycle. And as a business owner, you need to be aware that there's no fixed – way or there's no one way to success. It's, it's kind of like there's no one perfect family structure. 
there's no one perfect business structure or friendship structure there you know it's it's the structure that works for that particular group of people and and that will change over time as the business changes or your friendship group changes or yep, your the cultural evolution. <laughs> yeah, is that what is that what you would refer to it? So culture is not fixed; it's forever changing. Cultural evolution. It's we're living organisms, and as living organisms, we're constantly changing and evolving based on the environment and the things that are thrown at us or the events that we experience. And so, yeah, that is that. It's constantly changing and that's why culture is not a tick and flick, a set and forget. It is something that you need to be conscious of and it's in every single conversation you have with anyone in your team. It's in every interaction. It's in every email you send. Your culture is either reinforced or you detract from your culture and you break it down. And can you talk about your experience with the importance of the CEO or the leader in the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's because a business isn't just the leader; it's the whole business. But the leader plays a very, I would assume, plays a big role with culture. I think the leader plays a really significant ro- role because ultimately they set what is okay and what is not okay. And it's every single person is critical in a culture, and particularly your senior leadership team is critical in that culture. But a hundred percent it has to be bought into by the CEO or the owner or founder of the business and their behaviours are the biggest detractors or the biggest reinforcers of a culture. And the moment one person does something contrary to it, then everybody can act differently to it and say, well, it's okay because X did it. It's interesting because you it would be, it would be interesting again to – have a cultural evaluation that you could review as a leader. For example, I mean, I reckon me personally, I'm pretty bang on with Cubs culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's just maybe an extreme version of it, and I don't expect everybody to be that extreme of it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's pretty much just that's the culture. But there might be things I do that detract from the culture, and I wouldn't know as a leader because maybe no one hasn't told me. Or, and but if I could read something that was like. Uh, you know, you're aligned on this and this and this. People have think that this is wrong that you do that. And you might think that you're doing that for a good reason. It's, you know, to show someone some, I don't, I don't know. Yep. But you know, you might be like, okay, well, people actually don't like that. And, you know, it's also, I mean, you were talking pri- previously about um, understanding each team member to ensure alignment. But actually, your first goal and priority should be to understand yourself yes. and the impacts you have on the team and the things you say and the things that, you you know, the way you act and and the values that you embody. Yes, 100%. And so when we do a personal alignment workshop, we like to have the leaders present because they're doing the same evaluation that the team are part of. And I guess what we're doing through that process and what you've just spoken about is having that independent third party come in is it's creating an awareness. And we all know that if we're not aware of something, we can't change it. So if you've got an issue with me and you're not telling me, I can't do anything to address that because I'm not aware of it. And I guess that would also 100% I completely right. I say that to the team all the time, which is why honesty and authenticity is so important. Because if someone's honest, like, hey, Daniel, I don't like what you're doing when you say that to me. Mm-hmm. You know, if, I, if someone didn't say that to me, I'd be like, well, I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. And therefore that would continually happen and it would hinder the relationship and, you know, it just gets bad. But if someone says, hey, I don't like that because of this, you say, oh, sorry, man, I didn't realise. 
I'll stop doing that. I'll, how would you prefer? Like this. Cool. We'll do that from now on. You yep. know, it's, it's just that open communication and honesty without fear of conflict or, um, I, I don't retribution, know. Retribution, I would say. Yeah, I was going to say punishment. But yeah, retrib- <laughs> retribution. Well, I mean, because I'd imagine uh, an employee uh, worried about being disfavored, if that's a word, by an employer, if they stood up to the employer and was like, oh, you know, I don't like. Now, the team at Cub definitely don't have an issue with this, but, but, um, uh, but I think that speaks to our openness and honesty as a, as, as a team and I guess a relatively flat structured uh, style of communication mm. anyway, not style of, I think hierarchy is important uh, in order to um, achieve the result and have people who understand who's responsible for what and for, just for focus and alignment of a business. But in terms of communication, I, I think the flat structure is good. And um, that if an employee stood up to a boss and said, oh, I, you know, I'm not happy with this. They, they might be fearful that, okay, well, you know, the boss is going to be angry at me now and maybe I'm not going to be the one that is um, promoted or yeah. chosen for this or given the extra opportunity because I stood up for myself. So I would be the opposite of that. I'd be promoting the person who would stand up to I me. I agree. And telling me. You've got enough balls to talk to me like that. You should have a bigger job. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also around their ability to say what needs to be said. And again, I would ideally like the person to be framing the conversation with positive intent and delivering it in a considered way so that it is that right conversation. But at the same time, they're addressing the issues and we want people who bring things to the um, table. And I think you used a really interesting word, conflict, and businesses who avoid a conflict and can't create the cultural, I guess, standards or behaviours or values that support the right kinds of conflict aren't going to grow and continue. They're going to have, as we said before, those side conversations and that, oh, did you hear this or did you hear that or what happened in that meeting? The gossip kind of side meetings, which actually one takes time away from the productive value-add activities, but it also creates that culture of underlying conversations as opposed to we brought it to the table, we all got our opinions out, we all said what we thought we should do and we actually all agreed together and we all bought into that and now we're all heading in the same direction. Fully agree. <laughs> I, I, I fully completely agree with most, with pretty much everything you say. Actually, I actually um, really agree with what you said in regards to that would be the person I would promote or give extra responsibility to because A, they're being honest, which is pretty rare and B, uh, not in a specific team, but just in society in general. Yeah. And then B, they're showing strength of character. They're, they've got enough courage to come and say that. Mm. Like, shit, that'd be the person that you want. Um, uh, if someone didn't say anything, well, they're probably not strong enough to to uh, be promoted into a, a leadership capacity of which they're going to have to be, you know, uh, backing themselves on the decisions that yeah. they're making. Who would you want negotiating contract for you? Yeah, The person no. who's going to shy away from it or the one who's going to head it? ahead and say, I see an issue with this and I'm going to address it. Yeah. And interestingly, what you said regarding conflict, it's actually a good thing to, to have, uh, is that what you said? Yes. Conf- conflict. Yeah. Not is... in the like, but sense, but in a positive intent sense. Yeah. I can have positive intent conflict. And this is where you get into that 
diversity and cultural differences and all the differences that we bring as people. Like every single person's background is different. So me growing up in the country, me being a mum, me being these things, they're different to your journey and what that is. I'm not a mum and I didn't grow up in the country. (laughs) There we go. So and those differences create difference of opinion and what people see is when we air those differences of opinion, a lot of people perceive that to be conflict and it It's around how you change or shape the paradigms of that to move through those differences to get a better outcome. What you just described is the entire problem with the planet, (laughs) with the world at this at this point in time. Well, people that have different uh, people not having empathy towards someone else's point of views on the world based on their experiences and upbringings, and perceiving that as conflict. And therefore, as like a conflict in a negative sense, in an enemy sense, that's pretty much what's wrong with the entire world at the moment. So, what you're saying is businesses can actually uh, have a positive change on that in the world and bring people closer together by having a culture that that uh, enables authenticity between each each team member, um, uh, ownership of their character, you know, ownership of who they are you know, with the team. Everybody knows who they are. Everybody. Uh, loves each other regardless of upbringings. Uh, by upbringings, I mean like just their life to date. Yeah, their differences. Yeah. Um, again, coming back to the fact that business can impact, have a tremendous impact on not just an individual's life but on the on the empathy that the world has as a whole. Yeah, wider societal changes and we know that I'm going to go there but women in business and obviously equality, the biggest impact that we can see and we're – the um, people leading this are saying the biggest influences of change are the leaders of male gender who can lead this. Any difference in equality between any difference, and I'm being so narrow in just saying that one, there are so many no, differences but it's a there. relevant topic. It's easy to, commun- it's easy to talk about as well because yeah. it's easy to understand. But uh, keep going. Just trying to bring those equalities and just by – embracing everything because everyone is different. No two stories have been exactly the same. Completely agree. For example, and so what you're saying, I was going to say, for example, me and my brother are very different. Mm -hmm. We grew up in the same family. We, with the same resource and the same morals and ethics, but we've still had different lives. Yeah. And therefore even we, even you can be different to your siblings. So there's no, I guess, equal to you because you're unique. Mm. But, um, to what you said, so is what you're saying that to make the biggest positive impact uh, for women in business and in, in the corporate world, mm-hmm. that the biggest impact can come from current male leaders because they're, they're, they're currently majority men in power and therefore they can have a bigger impact towards a larger pool of people than, than otherwise. Is yep. that kind of what you're communicating? Yeah, and I guess that's just one very small piece of the difference we want to embrace and it's anyone in those positions in leadership positions by leading will create the change that we want to see completely agree i completely agree you just have so such a big responsibility as as a leader and as a business owner you know it's just you can i mean i I feel like we just keep coming back to you can make such a big difference being a leader and you know what back again to my my war cry which is i don't get enough Credit. Yeah, we should have <laughs> we should have tax deductions. We shouldn't even pay tax because you know, as a as an owner of a business, 
and you got staff and you you got people. You're looking after so many people. You're you're, you're making a positive change in society. The, the government should pay us for what we do. They should. You know, and you get put through the ringer, put through hell. You can't serve people because of COVID. You all this bullshit happens. You get taxed for hiring people for some reason. It's all this stuff happening. And you don't get paid for it. And then even when you get paid for it because, you you know, you were clever enough to make a successful business, then they take half your shit. You know, it's like, well, man, give us a break. We, I feel like what we've decided in this conversation is we have too much impact on the planet and the world. We need to be paid uh, proportionately for it. Unfortunately, we do have to give that money to help those, unfortunately, who aren't as impactful or, you know, that don't have this opportunity to influence as much as we can and have had other adversities and we do need to help them in society. The voice of reason. I still stick by my argument. <laughs> um, let's talk about, so just on the topic of women in business, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I love most about women in business is the fact that by starting a business, mm-hmm. um, it, it, a, a businesswoman has ultimate power <laughs> over over her career in the mm-hmm. sense, you know, like you can create a business that works uh, for yourself, uh, for your family. Um, it skips all any bad culture and rubbish. That I just think more businesswomen, the more entrepreneurial women, the better. Yeah. Like, because also – I mean, like you were saying, right now, a lot of the bigger companies have men in power and yeah, whatever, but very soon it's going to change more and more. It takes generations. So mm-hmm. it, 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 like you were saying, culture is thing. Change like that takes time because uh, it just takes a long time to get really good at business. And, and so if there's a large generation of business women coming through, it's going to take them 20 years, 30 years to, to get to, you know, the point of which they are just, they've, they know business and now they're educating another generation of people. And so it snowballs. But, but I think that, um, while now it's, you know, perhaps men that, that, uh, are more in power and maybe can have a positive impact. I think in another generation, you're going to have a huge, uh, uh, generation of women who are going to be able to do that same thing. So I just think more, more women in business. That's, I, I really think that's the key. Yeah. And we're trying to do it and you're supporting us to do it. Well, we try. Do you know Cubs leadership team is 50-50? Is it really? Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Excluding me. Oh, excluding Yeah, excluding me. So, so we need one more person up on that leadership team. Well, not team really. Too. I can't count because, you know, you can't promote someone to own the thing. Like, no, you, know, you can't You're the owner, them. so you're not, you shouldn't count as the leader because you, you own it. You, you are it in the sense. Like, yeah, and as you said, going back to your question before, is your role in it is 100% that leader piece in it. So anything you do is going to have the biggest impact even on that leadership team. Hmm. But I'm also pro merit. Like for example, we only discovered that like two weeks ago. So we've got our head of operations, Mm -hmm. our head of Melbourne, Mm -hmm. uh, Alison Holly, Mm -hmm. and then our head of Potts Point and our head of Sydney CBD, Mm -hmm. uh, Calvin and Anthony. Yes. So you've got this um, 50-50 leadership team split. But surely, I, but that happened just by chance. That happened just by those were the best people for those roles, and therefore that's that's why uh, that's why that happened. Uh, not by oh, we want to be fifty fifty, so that's what we're going to do. Do you yes. know what I mean? And I thought you were going to have more to say. No, I, I think I, I think the <laughs> yeah. thing is you have to you yeah. have to look for it, and I think it's if you're not getting the candidates or you're not got the people moving through, what part do I have to play in this? If I don't have the diversity of applicants, if I don't have that representation in my business, 
am I creating culture that actually excludes those types of backgrounds from this organisation? And so that's where it comes back to as a business owner, as you were saying before, it all comes back to you. What can I do to have a more inclusive organisation where these people can thrive into leadership positions and what can I do to bring them in or attract them to the business as opposed to saying purely based on merit, they have to be there and you might just have to look harder for it. They're there, but why are they not coming to you? So basically take it one step further than what I described. It's it, well, actually, it's what you described, which is, what was it? Empowerment conversations. Mm-hmm. It's that. Yeah. You know? That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. But potentially having to empower people outside the organisation to want to come and be part of it and go seeking them. If, if you're trying to get that true diversity, mm-hmm. where can I go and how it might be having initial conversations. What would I need to do to attract you to this business? What yeah. would we have to change? Because ultimately, you know, people need to be comfortable with that. And it is a very important factor because uh, like the cub can definitely relate to that, uh, not just in team, but also in community. For example, because sometimes you don't realize that you're doing something that isn't inclusive. Like, um, like when I first started cub, the brand was a completely different brand, which probably wasn't uh, as uh, suitable to the diversity in the community that we have today. It didn't properly accurately represent um, the, the modern face of Australian business. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know that yes. because the person that was in charge of it, it me, <laughs> thought <laughs> thought it represented it well. Yes. You know, because some, sometimes you don't know. You're like, oh, I, you know, you're young. You're, you, oh, you don't have to be young to be a business owner. But like, let's say you're starting a brand, you're a business owner. You're, you're thinking from your perspective, you forget that there's other perspectives. And so you're like, yeah. hey, that's, that, that's cool. I joined that. Yes. You know, but really you've got to remember, shit, no, it's not your perspective. It is the perspective of uh, – the people that you want involved and to have the best people, whether they be members, community or team members, to have the biggest pool of options, you need to be uh, representing as many of as many demographics as possible as to attract or to have, I mean, if you have a hundred people to choose from, you're going to have, find someone better than choosing from 10. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. So it, it can be accidental sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then one, the last thing I want, cause Laura's waving a finger at me. The last <laughs> thing I wanted to talk about and ask your opinion on, which I loved, I thought it was my favorite quote in your prep sheet. It was that you've learned more about yourself and leadership through motherhood and, and you have three children. Yes. I do have three that, children. Then you have through your, your total career. Yeah, I have. Um, it, it's an interesting one cause I guess changing the world's paradigms on, diversity and bringing more women back into business and pushes to get more working mums in, um, certainly really supportive of it. Um, I think the thing that I had was I just didn't have an appreciation for it. And when we look at society, how many people have children? So I now have an understanding of a much larger portion of society of people who have children. And I also can look back to my days pre-children and still understand what it was like to be somebody in the workforce not having children. So I think that understanding of difference just helps so greatly. And I'm juggling and I have sick children and I have to do these things, but it's having that appreciation and understanding as well as I'm dealing with three little humans. And like you described about your brother and yourself before, 
that you're raised in the complete same environment and cultural um, upbringing, yet you're completely different. And I have three completely different little people who all have three completely different alignment strategies, um, empowerment conversations, management principles, and I am coaching my children. I am learning to be a better coach. I'm learning to coach them to think for themselves. I'm learning them to understand what the routine is in the morning so that I'm not doing it for them. So it's around how you delegate. Um, it teaches you so much. And mm. ultimately, I'm not my best self every day. And that's that self-reflection as to what could I have done differently in this scenario and how could I have helped. And so you then take that back, all those learnings and you go, okay, this happens in business. And the last thing I'll say on that is ultimately I'm not going to fire my children. And so it comes back to positive intent. And so you'll really have to find reasons to love them. <laughs> well, not find reasons to love them, but I need to find the positive intent in everything that I'm trying to do for them or how to bring them on side or buy into what I want them to become or to do. And, you know, I have to keep working at it. And when something doesn't work, you try something different. And I think when you can then reapply that into a workplace context, especially in the field of alignment and human resources, where you're helping to mould behaviour and helping managers to manage and mould behaviours, you've kind of got this understanding that, okay, I've got to try this and it doesn't work. We've got to learn and we've got to keep trying things and you don't give up as much and the positive intent, come back to what's the positive intent. And the last thing I'll say, cultural alignment is um, I have a number one beacon is would I want my child to be in this environment? Would I be happy for my daughter or my son to come and be treated like this? And so when you can then overlay that message back to leaders and saying, are you creating an environment where you'd be happy to have your best friend, your child work in, then you can be proud of your culture. And you know you're creating something that's good for your people because you'd be happy to have your own family work there. That is a wonderful way to think about your business's culture. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I couldn't agree more. Motherhood or parenthood as a whole is the ultimate test of leadership. <laughs> you know, like you you're literally guiding human, little humans through life. You are. Um, that, that's a beautiful, we'll end it there because that was a beautiful, I, I love that last lesson. I'm going to remember, I'm going to be thinking, hmm, is this where my son would work? <laughs> like, no, nah, this is too good for my son. You go work somewhere, <laughs> go work somewhere else. Um, uh, all right. Um, we will wrap up. Um, actually, you had a book, um, a book recommendation. Do you remember what it is? I've got Brene a few. Brown, I was yes, going to say there's Dare to Lead by Brene Brown is probably a good one. Um, there's quite a few really good books out there, but I think that's just um, a really good book about vulnerability and teaching you that it's not just about being soft. It's about the strength behind these skills and it's all about alignment. It's about setting clarity and making sure that we're aligned and where we know we're clear on expectations. So it's just, it, it yeah. really I've never read resonates. it. I'm going to read it when I, when, when I saw it, and, but I've heard about it because as soon as I, I read it, I was like, Oh, I, I, you know, I do need to get that because a few people have said that Brene Brown is that's yeah. Brene, not Renee. Renee. Renee Brown. It's all right. I'll Dare, send you a link. Actually, Dare to leave. Um, well, let's wrap up to the listeners. Uh, if you want to find out more about, uh, Julia, go to, uh, W, no, go to www.cub.club forward slash podcast and you'll find uh, all uh, tons of useful information, facts. Uh, you can contact uh, 
Julia on LinkedIn, uh, see book recommendations and see all the information of our many other incredible podcast guests. If you want to catch up with Cub on social media, it's at Club of United Business on Instagram uh, and you'll find a bunch of cool shit there too. Uh, Julia, thank you so much for today. That was an absolutely brilliant conversation. It's probably the most I've learned in a podcast in a while. <laughs> thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, we're very grateful for your time today and we're very grateful uh, to have you in this community. We are certainly a stronger community, stronger club with you involved. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the show. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. This is our last episode before the Christmas break. We'll be back on the 10th of January and I'm going to give everybody a really good gift for Christmas. And that is the gift of time. So you can catch up with all the Catching Up With Cub episodes you haven't listened to yet. We're not going to release an episode for you until the 10th of January, letting you listen to some of the past ones. Get in there, catch up with Cub, and I'll see you on the 10th of Jan. Merry Christmas.